Let's open up with Haggai chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. Some, some pastors say Haggai. I don't see I there, but that's what they say. Haggai, Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I'm reading from the NIV in this particular series of texts. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Say that with me. This is what the Lord is saying. All right. Then he goes on to say, give careful thoughts to your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring down timber, build a house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. See, so there are things that can bring pleasure to the Lord, please God, and honor God. One of them is that His presence have a central place in community. Now it says, you expect much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew it away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with his own house. My God, my God, my God. You may be seated. So one time, the devil told Jesus that if you bow and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And you know what the, the Lord say, right? You, know, you will not tempt the Lord thy God. So the issue with the devil is that he always tries to give you what God is going to give you but without the cross experience. Because it was the will of the Lord for Jesus to become the Lord of lords and king of kings all along. So he's Lord of all, right? But the devil at that point, who is in control of the earth systems, was saying, if you just worship me, I'll give it to you. You don't have to go to the cross. Because the enemy knew if he went to the cross, he fulfills all righteousness, he fulfills the word, and then that, is, that gives us authority to become family of God. Amen. So what he'll do to you is he'll try to fast track you into what you've heard God say without the process. Yeah. But when God is taking you through the process, make no mistake about it, you will also go through the cross. You will also go through a series of challenges. You will also go through issues, problems. You will have to confront yourself. You will have to confront your sin. You will have to confront your limitations. You will have to confront humanity. You will have to be offended. You will have to be hurt. You know, when God calls you, you shouldn't be jumping up and down saying, Yeah, He called me. When God says, You're going to do this, You're going to do that, you shouldn't be going, Yeah, you should be going, Oh my God, <laughs> give me strength to go through what I'm about ready to go through. Because he's going to take you through a process. He's going to kill the flesh so that the spirit man can arise so that it could be Jesus in you, not you. And so at the end of the process, you realize that you couldn't do it on your own. You need God's help. It's you partnering with God. When you get to that place, you, you say, is there any way, Lord, uh, can this cup pass over me? Then you realize, oh, let your will be done, not mine. And so what happens is God's been dealing with our ego because uh, many in ministry today are building an ego. They're building, you know, big things, powerful things, strong things so that they can look good. Amen. God's not interested in that. He's interested in the world. He's interested in every person coming to saving faith in Christ to be reconnected with Heavenly Father. And our job is to make sure that happens here on earth. We have to represent Almighty God in such a way when they deal with us, they'll see Jesus in us. Hallelujah. Not just us, but Jesus in us. 
no bypassing. Let's all go through the process of God. And I'm going to agree with you today. What you're saying in your heart, yeah, I've been going through that. Yes, you've been going through that. You're getting closer and closer and closer to the release of your ministry. Hallelujah. Jesus said one time, verily, verily, in John 14 and 12, verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. So we know for a fact that he's called us to do greater works than him. Now, you can't, what's greater? He already cleansed the leper. He already raised the dead, right? He already multiplied the fish and the loaves. So what can we do that's greater? Well, we can be in the Bronx, and we can be in China, and we can be in Africa, and we can be in South and Central America all at the same time. Because Jesus and his earthly ministry was just one person. But if his spirit can imbue and fill each and every one of us, all, every one of us can be touching the city at the very same time in different directions, in different areas, in different jobs, in different communities. We can all touch God, the same Holy Spirit... In Him is the same Holy Spirit in you. Glory to God. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.18. It said this, Remember the Lord your God. Don't forget God. Remember Him. He's the one that's giving you the power. In this version, it says to become rich or to receive wealth or to acquire wealth. What for? So that He may keep His agreement which He promised to your fathers as it is this day. If you ever forget the Lord your God to go after other gods, to worship them and work for them, I tell you today that you will be destroyed for sure. You will be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroys before you because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, understand something. God's not in the, in the job of destroying. You know, he, he, he's not like a God with an attitude. Oh, God, I'm upset today. You know, like a, a lightning in your head. No, what he's saying is that our nature is such that we destroy ourselves. When we get away from God's will, what's left? Our own design, our own desires. Think about it. Just look at the world today. The farther we get away from God, what's happening? Really, I see the most ridiculous headlines every single day. You know, right in our own city, these young guys, they got guns and, you know, shoot here. They meant to get that guy because that guy looked at him the wrong way or because that guy came to their turf. So he shoots at them, misses him, and hits somebody, kills a, kills a child, an innocent bystander. You think that's God? You think that's God destroying the earth? We destroy ourselves. So, so God is, is, is saying to his people that if we would partner with him, if we would understand, listen, I want to give you resources. I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you power. But my covenant, don't forget my covenant. And, and what we don't understand, and many are preaching, and it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, you know, praise God, you serve God, and you become rich. That's not what it's saying. God is saying, I want to resource you so that you can touch the world. What's his covenant? He spoke to Abraham. You know, through the faith of Abraham. What's the faith of Abraham? Abraham trusted God. And in Jesus, we become also children of Abraham and part of the covenant. God wants family. You understand? So in order for us to get the message out there, um, I think it was, uh, Jessica, you mentioned, we, you, you saw a nice flyer. It's a nice flyer, right? We could take that flyer, put a stamp on it, and send it out. How much does the stamp cost? 
a forever stamp. Yeah, this. See? In other words, it costs money. Right? How much did this cost? It's nice. Beautiful. This, if you put a stamp there, send it out, a person might read it and say, oh, I want to go to that service. They'll come to the service, they'll hear the word, they get saved. What happened? They got connected with Heavenly Father. How much did it cost? Who cares? They got connected with God. That's the point. Now, what God is saying, if you have my heart, I want to give you resources. I want, I want, to, I want resources to flow through you, wisdom to flow through you. Power to throw, uh, flow through you. Because it was not just that and them coming. They came and they received God's power. Amen, amen. Because they were part of the worship. How much does a piano cost? How much does the drums cost? How much does that chair cost? You, you understand? God wants us to be resourced so we won't be like, I'm sorry, God's a good God, but, you know, unfortunately, we're broke. <laughs> you know, there, 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 there should be no limitations Hallelujah. in the kingdom of God. Right. You know? When, when the world wants to do this stuff, let me tell you, they put a good show. You want to get a president elected? You're going to put in a billion dollars. You want to get a mayor elected in the city? Uh, several hundred million dollars. And they don't care. They flow. And, and not for nothing, they put uh, parties together and they'll, they'll give you a chicken dinner with, with, with like two or three little potatoes and like three asparagus. And, and the price tag is a thousand, thousand five hundred. Not for me. I'm going to go to the corner store, go right next door, man, for nine ninety nine and get me the same thing. You understand? The point is, it's not about that. Their issue is we want to get our mayor there, our president there, right? How about we want to partner with God and what's important to Him? So, so God is saying, if I can catch a person that has my heart, I have no problem resourcing them. I have no problem giving them the wisdom of God, the power of God, the grace of God, my spirit, provision, connections, relationships, so that they can accomplish things, establish my covenant on earth. Amen. Praise God. And you got to get excited about this because remember, in the Old Testament, when God created man, he says, I gave you authority on earth. You are the manager here on earth. So anything that God does on earth, he does it through man. That's what people don't understand. Well, why, 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 why does the church want my money? It's not that the church wants your money. It's that God wants to partner through you. You understand? So your time, your treasure, all of that, you're partnering with God. God says, okay, there's a need over there. Now, who, who's my people? Who are my warriors? Who are the ones I can trust? Good. Now, let me take resource from here, resource from there. Let me give it. Let me transfer it to my son, my daughter there. That's, that's sharing my heartbeat there. See? And when we stop being selfish and we start becoming selfless, that's when the wisdom of God and the grace of God and the provision of God Hallelujah. will flow through you. Hallelujah. And when God is moving, he never moves with a lone ranger. No. That's usually pride. God works always through his body. My call cannot, it's impossible, be disconnected from the body of Christ. Because God only deals with the body. With his body. Amen. So say to your neighbor, you're part of the body of Christ. So say to your neighbor then, you owe me something. See, Because your gifting, your anointing is not for you. It's for your neighbor. Amen, I can preach. Well, you better give that to your neighbor. You better give that to your, 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 your city. Well, amen, I could, I could write books. I'm a real good writer. Well, you better start getting writing. Hear God and write. 
Well, I'm a good singer, and I'm going to be on America's favorite uh, idol or something Hallelujah. like that. Well, you better get out of the idol, amen? Uh, you know, repent from the idols and, and serve God and, and make some music that's going to touch the world. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. No, well, once I become a millionaire, once I hit it, I become a millionaire, then I'll give to God. God doesn't want you to be a millionaire and then give an offering to the church. God wants you now. What he's after is your heart. He's not after your money. Glory to God. Has money, he's the owner. Haggai 1, 7 through 9. He says, I'm about ready to touch the world. I'm going to shake the world. Anything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Then in the middle of that, he has a weird verse that has nothing to do with shaking the world. He goes, I'm going to shake the world, then a weird verse. Then at the end, he says, and I'm going to, that place, I'm going to give it peace. Let's go to 2. Go to 2, 7 and 9. Let me see. All right, here it is. Here it is. Look at this. Um, two's, okay, look what it says here. For thus said the Lord, once again, in a little while, I'll shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I'm going to fill this temple with glory. You know what glory is, right? It's a heavy weight. It's, it's a cloud. It's, it's an honor thing. Then the, the, forget this verse. Look at the next verse. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, right? But sandwiched in between those two verses, I'm shaking the world. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to build my house. The latter portion of the house is going to be better. The gold and the silver are mine, saith the Lord. How much more out of context could that be? It's not out of context. Because how are you going to build a temple if the gold and the silver isn't transferred to that place? Because by the way, you know this, but I'm going to remind you, in heaven, gold is street. The street is paved with gold, so it's not an issue for him. He has no problem. That's important here on this earth. Your giftings, your talent, that's important here on earth. Your wisdom here on earth. You don't impress God with your wisdom. We impress each other. We think we're big and bad. God hears it. He goes, I know you. Amen. That's right. I know you. That's but right. when we can take that wisdom, that which we are, that which we have, and touch somebody else with it, that's when you impress Almighty God. Because now you're aligning yourself with His purposes. Glory to God. Come on, say amen. Praise God. So we have to make sure that we're thinking and putting God first. In about, I don't know, but three, four weeks, we're going to have our first property. Amen. And we praise God for that. But that's not going to be for us. It's going to be for the community. That's right. That's right. And we're going to invest in that. We're going to paint it, make it beautiful, and set up a good sound system. We're going to go internet. We're going to do all these things. But it's not for us. It's going to be for those that God loves. Amen. And He trusts us with the resource. He just finished reminding us this week prophetically, that he is establishing us in a community. Why? Because he can trust us. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And he's calling us now to, to go to that higher level and see what he is seeing in this community. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're commanded. We're commanded to remember God. Don't forget God. How we handle our relationship with God and our resources determine whether or not we're creating a lasting memorial in our generation and in our day and for future generations. In Matthew 26, verse 7, a woman came to him 
just before he was going to go to the cross. And she had an alabaster flask of a very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on the head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant. And they saying, why this waste? This is fragrant oil that could have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble this woman? She's done a good work for me. For you always have the poor with you, but me, you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil in my body, on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. See, she believed this message. She believed that he was going to die for the world. She heard the message, the good news, the gospel. It's not just good news. The good news is that God died for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. And she believed that message and she partnered with him the way she could. She said, well, I can prepare him for this process. Let me give the most expensive thing I have and bless him. You know, you have no problem with it. Who, who criticized? Judas Iscariot, the treasurer. Well, he's just being budget con, con, you know, conscious. No, he was stealing from the treasury. God had no problem receiving that offering. Hallelujah. He loved the fact that she was willing to partner with him. And guess what? She said, what she does now is going to become a memorial. It's going to be remembered all throughout the generations. Because she dared to believe me and trust me and partner with me. Well, who here is willing and just daring enough to trust God and partner with him to touch somebody else? Well, guess what? You're the ones that are going to be remembered here and remembered in heaven. Because the memorial was set up even in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Same thing happened to Cornelius. Cornelius was a, was a godly man, but he wasn't a Christian. He didn't know Jesus. He would constantly give to the poor. He would constantly pray for his family, for community. And one day, God sends a special delivery angel to him and tells him this, Cornelius, your prayers and your giving and your concern has been set up as a memorial before God. It's being remembered in the presence of God. Now, do you want to be rich and famous here on earth, or do you want to be remembered by God? Do you want to, want to be recognized here on earth, or do you want to be recognized by God? Some preachers, they, you know, they do work, and you know, the, the world sees them and sees their work. But most preachers, most ministers, most deacons, most ushers, most members in churches, you know, Channel 7 doesn't pick you up. It doesn't pick up what you're doing. But I don't care. I don't care if they ever put me in channel 7 because I'm not doing it as unto channel 7. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. I don't want to please channel 7. I want to please Almighty God. I want in that day when I present myself before Him, for Him to say, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over these few things. Now enter into my joy. That's what I want. That's what's important to me. That's my priority. Come on, somebody. Give Him some glory. In Job 22... Verse 21, it says, agree with God and be at peace. Thereby, goodwill will come to you, or good will come to you. The Amplified says it this way, acquaint now yourself with Him. Agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to His will and be at peace. By that, you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. See, when I take care of God's business, even though people persecute me, even though people might lie about me, God will take care of my business. 
God will ensure that there's always enough provision for me. And during the difficult times, He will be with me. Actually, the Bible promises that He's always with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Hallelujah. In Proverbs 8, 17, it says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honors are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. So God has no problem blessing his people, but that's not the reason why we preach the gospel. We preach the gospel because it's his agenda. Those are his children. We're his children. But why were we saved? Because somebody loved enough to minister to us. Why were we saved? We were saved by grace. Why were we saved? Because Jesus died on the cross and he thought about you and me. While he was on that cross, your face flashed before him. My face flashed before him. And even though he was experiencing that pain, he was saying, it's for them. It's for them. I'm going to turn everything around for them. The devil wants to take them. They can't have them. They belong to me. Hallelujah. And I become the Lamb of God. And I sacrifice myself for them. Hallelujah. I can see all your faces popping up in his presence. And he was there. And then he said, Father, it's finished. It's finished. They now get the benefit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. As we operate in God's wisdom, part of the wisdom is the understanding that is truly our responsibility. We're part owners of this. To sow what we have to ensure that his mission where everyone will hear the good news of the gospel. See, it's my mission. I don't have to do it all, but I have a part to play. So say to your neighbor, you're important. You're vital in God's plan. One of the things the devil does is he tries to take away your self-importance. So he tries to make you feel like you're a failure, that, you know, you you know, God doesn't love you, doesn't care. Uh, What you do doesn't make a difference. Lie! It's a fib of the first class. What you're doing does make a difference. So I've made up my mind. I'm not going to listen to the enemy. I'm not going to listen to my friends in the past. I'm not going to listen to my past other than to learn from it. I'm going to learn, okay, this is not what you do. (laughs) It's better I never do this this anymore. Praise God. So Haggai, we've read the verse. He wants to make sure that he resources us with everything we need. In Luke 8, uh, verse 1 through 3, it says, interesting. Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city, Jesus, preaching, bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. So Jesus wasn't alone. He had 12 guys that he was providing for also. 12 guys that needed food every day. 12 guys that had left all to serve him, right? Uh, Have you ever been taking care of 12 guys? How many are in your family that you work for? Three, two, five, you know. But to take care of 12 grown men who are walking all day, that's a lot of provision, right? Well, look what it says there. Certain times, or rather certain women, who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come out seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for Jesus from their substance. So he had people in his day, was it Jesus, is everything okay? You want some sandwiches? 
is your, your clothing clean? You want us to clothe? We'll take your clothing and clean it in, in the you know in the river. I don't know exactly what they needed. I just know that there were people watching out for Jesus as Jesus was out there doing all that he needed to do. We don't think about that. They're unheralded. Who who is uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa? Anybody here? Huh? Anybody heard of Joanna, the wife of Chusa? Who cares? God knows her. And her name was memorialized in Scripture. And what was she doing? She just cared for Jesus. She just loved on him. See, and our lives are being memorialized as we serve God in the heavenlies, we're recognized. In the book of Acts, it, it, it talks about a time when a, a group of guys went out casting devils in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demon spoke to those guys when they said, come out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demon spoke to him. He said, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but who are you? They did not recognize those guys. And you know what? The next thing that happened, they got beat to a pulp and they ran out naked. Because the, 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 the demon took out, took their clothing, <laughs> beat them up. So if we're going to do this in the next time, we better, <laughs> we better do it the right way. In other words, people, you're recognized in heaven. You're recognized on earth. You're recognized in the spirit realm because the spirit of God flows through you because you belong to God. You're marked by God. Glory to God. God is also restoring, and I'm excited about this. God is restoring the spirit of faith and of the warrior in the church so we can set the captives free. Today's Joshua's are going to hear the Lord and they're going to believe God for great things in our generation. We've been so beat up that we're no, no longer expecting God to move greatly anymore. We're just happy to get by. We're happy. We dragged ourselves to church this Sunday. We said, praise God, I arrived. <laughs> and that's it. The great man and woman of God dragged themselves to church, made it to church, plopped themselves on that chair. Oh, Lord, thank you. Took a lot of faith to get to church this morning. <laughs> praise God. How big is God's vision to you? How big? What are you seeing? Is Almighty God the one that split the Red Sea? The one where Peter preached and 3,000 souls came to Jesus. The one where Paul would walk by or Peter would walk by and, and literally his shadow would heal the people. That same power that this woman that had a flow of blood. I mean, thousands of people around Jesus. She made her way. And it's interesting because Jesus never told her to touch him. The average rabbi would not allow a woman to touch them. But she made a way. She had heard the word of the Lord. She said, I'm believing God for big things. If this thing is real, I believe it, and I'm going to touch Jesus. And I know if I just touch him, he's got so much power that I'm going to be healed the moment I touch him. Amen. And she made a way, and she touched the hem of the garment of Jesus. What happened? That moment she touched him, she got healed. Why? She had a warrior spirit. She had a spirit of faith. And that same spirit and that same faith is alive today. Glory to God. Problem is we've been so beat up, we're not trusting God or believing God for big things anymore. We believe Him to get into heaven one day, but we're not no, no longer activating the miracle working power that resides in you, but it's dormant. Glory to God. One time a guy named John Scully said, people that take risks are the people you will lose against. Another guy said, the people who are really failures are the people who set their standards so low, keep the bar at such a safe level that they never run the risk of failure. I don't want to be that. I'd rather fail at something big than accomplish 
really small things. I want to be an impact because by the time I get out of here, I want to make sure that we leave a huge, lasting legacy where people can look at it and say, here was a generation that trusted God, and here are some mentors that we can emulate. Hallelujah. Come on, give us some praise. Am I talking to those type of people today? Am I talking to a Joshua spirit today? Am I talking to somebody that's willing to believe for something big, who knows in their heart of hearts, who knows that they know that they know they haven't seen it yet, but they were called by God, they were created by God, they were born for such a time as this, to make a lasting and eternal impact in their generation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One gentleman by the name of Evans said, The men who build the future are those who know that greater things are yet to come and that they themselves will help to bring them out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's very active in our lives. Make no mistake about it. Problem is we hinder Him. We limit Him. God is a warrior. The Bible says in the Old Testament, I am a warrior. And God will work according to your faith. And that's why in many regions, nothing's happening. Yet there are parts around the world, people are being born again, they're cleansing the leper, <laughs> raising the dead, you know, thousands and thousands of people are being saved, demons are being cast out, warriors and, uh, I mean, warlocks and witches are coming to Jesus, amen, they're going from the fake God to the real God, the almighty God, entire regions, presidents are praying in the presence of God right now in different parts of the world. Yet, do you, do, don't you see the attack that has come against Christianity in particular? They're trying to make the gospel a joke. You look at Saturday Night Live, and the only time they talk about Jesus is when they present a man that, 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 that's not my Jesus. My Jesus was a carpenter by trade. If he slaps you, you're going down. Carpenters are very rough, tough hands. Jesus was strong and muscular. You're not going to last in, in the desert 40 days unless you're a strong man. He lasted on that cross, I don't know, six to nine hours. That, that, that man, Jesus, the one I serve, is a mighty man. He's a mighty warrior. He's no chump. He's no wimp. I can follow a man like that. I don't follow wimps. I follow warriors. I don't hang around wimps. I hang around warriors that want to make a difference. I have no time. I have limited time. I'm not just going to hang. You hang here, yeah, we just hang. No, I don't hang. I'm doing the will of God. Amen. Amen. No time to waste. One of the pastors shared this and just, it just reminded me of the spirit of this church. And I thanked him when he, when he finished. Um, he, he said this. He says, remember when Jesus was on the boat and then the storm arose? No, actually, no. He wasn't on the boat. They were on the boat on another occasion, and a storm arose, and suddenly Jesus comes walking on water toward the boat. That one. And so, so suddenly Peter uh, looks at him, and Peter calls to him. But most of us miss the gist of the story. Because in Matthew 14, verse 22 to 32... Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat to go before him to the other side. You know, after he told them, let's get to the other side. Remember that? He told them, let's get to the other side. Why? They had to get to the other side because he had to minister on the other side. Because there were more people that needed to be saved, set free. 
So Jesus told him, get, go on ahead. I need to do some stuff. I'll meet you on the other side. We got to get to the other side. Yes. He wasn't thinking about the boat, uh, you know, hurry up, the boat might sink. He, wasn't, he didn't care about that. He knew that he was on assignment and people had to be saved. He had to preach his message to the other side. Amen. So halfway there, it says, well, he sent the multitudes away. And then when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And what was he doing praying? He was talking with the Father. Father, what's the next thing on the agenda? What's going to be on the other side? Here are the needs. And, and you know, he was discussing ministry business with the, with the Father. Now, when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. My God, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, and I'll say this, he commanded them, said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. He commanded them right there. Don't be afraid. It's me. It's all right. <laughs> but Jesus, with all due respect, you're walking on water. Because <clears throat> he was above the laws of nature. He's almighty God. And at that moment, he chose to suspend the law yes. and activate a higher law. Amen. And he activated one of the kingdom laws, and he walked on water because his disciples needed his presence. He needed him to be there. So then it says here in the New King James, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. He said to him, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? So here's the point. The point is that when Peter called out to him, you know Peter was a warrior. I mean, when they went to grab Jesus to arrest him, you know what Jesus did? He took out a knife, a sword, and chopped off one of the ears yes. of one of the soldiers. Yes. He didn't mess with Jesus. With Jesus, I mean, with, with Peter. When Peter got upset, he wanted to fight right away. See, <laughs> that was before he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Once he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he preached and 3,000 people came to Jesus. So he took that energy and gave it to the Lord. But during this moment, he says, God, if it's you, command me to come to you. And see, and God loves a warrior. So when, when Jesus said, you're commanding me? To tell you to come and walk on water also? Interesting. <laughs> Since human knows, humans know that it's impossible. But you just finished setting yourself up and releasing me to operate in the miraculous. Amen. Amen. See, because God will operate at your level of faith. Right. Yeah. Problem is we only pray, oh God, help me to just make it in the day. He says, okay, fine. I release the power for you to make it for the day. Yeah. Oh God, help me to calm down because I'm about ready to whack that person, you know? Okay. <laughs> Here's a calm down. See, but we're, we're asking for stupid things. We're asking for little things. Peter, Peter was saying, uh, bid me to command me so that I have no option. So I have to do this thing. Command me so it could activate your miracle working power and I could do something that I can't do on my own. And so when you command, you, when you ask God to command you, to take you to the higher level, guess what God's going to do? All right, I'll release angels, I'll release resource, I'll release power, whatever needs to be done, because my warrior is believing me for great things. 
And we've been believing God for little things, but if we start believing God for big things, guess what? The same Spirit of God that's answering you for little things is the same Spirit of God that will give you the power to accomplish supernatural things here on earth for the benefit of mankind, for the benefit of your family, for the benefit of your future, for the benefit of the people in the city. Glory to God. I don't know about you. It makes me excited. That gets me excited because it, it reminds me that we limit and hinder ourselves. We're the ones that hinder our own walk. We're the ones that hinder our purpose when we dare or rather decide to trust the world, decide to trust circumstances. We decide to trust our fear and, and our unbelief versus Almighty God. There are so many resources that are waiting to be released through us and we hinder it ourselves. You don't have to say amen, say ouch. Some of you should be saying ouch right now. And then suddenly, when, 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 when Peter started walking on water, it started happening. The Bible says he walked on water. But why did he sink? Took his eyes off the Lord. Doubted. How about disobedience? It was disobedience because Jesus finished telling him when he was walking to the boat, he said to them, he says, don't fear. Fear, I'm here. Don't fear, my presence has arrived. No, don't fear, my power is here. Don't fear, look what I'm doing. I am suspending the laws of nature just so you guys could be safe. Because we have to get to the other side because there's people we have to minister to. So in the coming days, God's going to suspend some stuff that should have taken us down. And higher laws are going to operate for us and on our behalf because we've got to get to the other side. So I don't care if they say that's not enough. I don't care if they say I'm too sick, I'm too old. They don't care. I don't care what they say. God's about ready to turn some things around in the spirit realm. God's about ready to suspend some stuff that might have put us down. But since God is God and he's able and he's my God. Hallelujah. And he's already released this on earth for us. He's just been waiting for you. Satan, he's waiting for you. So Satan, what are you waiting for then? Come on, tap him on the soil. Say, what are you waiting for? Come on. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, Philippians 1, 3 through 6, Paul said this, I thank my God every time I remember you, because in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, he who began the, the good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So, I know I'm going through stuff. I know I'm on a journey. I know I get persecuted. I know the enemy comes at me. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen, amen. So God's going to take me through it. He's going to take me through the valley of the shadow of death. He's going to take me through the issues. He's going to take me through uh, processes that I have to deal with in me. And they might look like a problem. It might look like a bad boss. It might look like a failure. But nothing in the economy of God is ever wasted. 
So what you've been going through has just been a resource for you to get to your greater self, to get to your man of God, your woman of God's status. Nothing is lost in God. He's with you. And then it says that he'll take you from the beginning all the way to the end. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We've got a lot of work to do. We're not cruising for Jesus anymore. Amen. Yeah, some people are cruising for Jesus. I'm just hanging, hanging with Jesus. No, Jesus doesn't hang. If you were with Jesus in his earthly ministry, your, 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 your feet would be full of, you know, uh, that's the word right there, gallos. You know what a gallo is? Calluses, yeah, gallos in Spanish. New word for the day, okay? <laughs> gallos. Yeah, they walked a lot. They walked from city to city. It was no joke. They would ask him to do something. He said, no, 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 I have to fulfill all righteousness. I, um, um, he, he's, I have no time to rest. I have no time to sit down. Now, don't get me wrong. Thank God for the Sabbath. You know, he lets us take some time off, but then back to business. Amen. Yeah, I remember five years ago, I did something for God. No, but five years ago. Forget about that. You better activate yourself right away. Five lifetimes ago, right? So God said, we're building things, but here today, gone tomorrow. God said, we, we spend our time lavishing everything on our homes. You know, for us, for us, for us. But his house is lying in ruin. But not in this house. We're going to give God great glory and honor. In this house, we're going to build the best for God. In this house, he's going to partner through us. And I'm believing for great resource, great wisdom, great power. I'm believing, I'm believing God that he's going to give us city relationships, state relationships, national and international relationships. Just waiting on us. Hallelujah. And that word just reminded us. That word that we received, that prophetic word. God spoke, a prophet that doesn't know me, and I love it when they don't know you, because this way you know it has to be God. And if he says anything out of order, I say, sorry, don't receive it. Yeah, yeah, listen, if somebody say, hey, the Lord says, you know, and then they tell you something stupid, he says, I don't receive it. Thank you, but I don't receive it. I'm not going to let nobody manipulate me. It has to be in God's purposes. But when I hear the word of the Lord in God's purposes, I say, okay, take that with already my faith, add it to my faith, and run with it. Glory to God. He says, he says he's establishing us. He says there's a Davidic sound. There's a sound of worship that's going to break through in this house. That's why I said in the beginning, you got to get ready. Because there are going to be times here where, where people come from the outside, they, they might think we're crazy. It's not that we're crazy. We're celebrating the presence of God. It's not that we're crazy. It's that, you know, God is here. You, you think that if suddenly an angel shows up in here and all of us see him, you think we're going to be like this? No. Half of you are going to faint. A third of you are going to fall on the floor and bow and, and, and your head literally like that. Yeah. Some of you will just be like this. Right? When the presence of God fills the house, some unusual things happen. And I'm saying, yes, Holy Ghost, have your way. Amen. I, I'm believing that people will come in sick and, 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 and depressed and when they come out healed in the spirit of joy. I, I'm believing the word of the Lord. I'm believing that the, the prophetic would become so pronounced that a person will come with hidden sin or, or hidden issues and the prophetic will, you know, expose it and heal them and set them into their right purpose. Why? Because we're part of the church. That's what we're called to do. We're salt and light.